Are you troubled by pop culture references you don't understand? Does trying to figure out a good jumping on point in a long-running comic series keep you up at night? Have you or your friends or family seen a comic book-based movie, TV show, or cartoon and not known what was going on? If the answer is yes, then this is the podcast for you. My Big Fat Pull List. Our assembly of knowledgeable hosts are eager to help answer all your comic book-based pop culture questions. We're ready to geek out with you! These days, comic book reboots have become a normal part of the industry. Origins reworked, storylines updated, and histories retconned. It's become as synonymous with comic book storytelling as tights and capes. But that wasn't always the case. In 1986, following the reality-altering mega-event, The Crisis on Infinite Earths, DC Comics did the unthinkable. They completely reworked their entire comic book continuity, history, and became the first comic company to do a full line-wide retcon of their publishing base. Heroes that had once been charter members of the Justice League no longer existed at that time. Villains that only lived on Earth 2 or Earth 4 now were integrated together into a single Earth's history. A multiverse had been condensed and combined into one single universe. Join us now as we take an in-depth look at this new world, meet the new heroes that would become legends, and navigate a reworked timeline in our third episode of Understanding DC Continuity, A New Earth. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, geeks and geekettes. Welcome to another edition of my big fat pull list. I am Mr. X. Across the table from me, Smurfy. Next to him, Pistol Danger. And Dr. Impact. We are back to take you, the listener, on yet another journey through understanding DC Comics. This is our third entry in this series of episodes we're doing for this volume of our podcast. We've taken care of the crisis we took care of the golden in the beginning of the Silver Age. Uh, we are jumping straight into, what is this considered, pretty much late 80s, early yeah, 90s it, it kind of covers like a four, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to keep us to about a four or five year block each time we do it, mm, unless okay. it's a, an event. Right, right. Obviously, we'll, we'll focus each one of what is known as the seven crises. Each, each one of them will get a, a focus. But yeah, I try to keep us to about a four or five year block. So this is the New Earth block. This is, what, 85, 86, roughly through about 89 or 90. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the end of the decade of Reaganomics. And if there's something you feel we missed, a year you want us to really hammer home, or a storyline in between. Or a character. Or a character. Yeah. Hit us up on our Patreon page. <laughs> He you know, slid in the Patreon plug course. before we could even set it up. You know, though, but that is that is a great point because it does, that tier on the Patreon page does connect heavily to, to how these episodes are structured. Obviously, we do not have time to go over everything. Yeah. We, yeah. we don't in any of these. And going forward uh, for all of these DC, understanding DC episodes that we do, we will really primarily be focusing on the big stories. For the most cases, that's going to be crossovers and events. 
in some cases, like... Milestones, also. Yeah, in you know. some cases, it'll be personal stories, like when we get to the death of Superman. <gasps> that is not in this episode. But when we get to it, that obviously, even though it wasn't an event that crossed over into a lot of books... It was a big, as you said, Mr. X, milestone moment. So we it was, will talk yeah, about, it was an event that impacted yes. the universe. Yeah. So we will talk about those things, and we will talk about the big crossover events. We cannot hit everything. So if there are things that we've left out, if there are things that we just brush over, we will try to at least mention, even in passing, most of the big stories that occur. That's a perfect time for you to check out that Patreon page and join at the tier where you can suggest an episode. So you can have an entire can, episode yeah. ta- dedicated to the history of Slam Bradley. Don't forget to head to the archives for our show to listen, if you haven't to already, the Understanding DC Comics Episode 1 and Episode 2. You'll be glad you did so that you can understand what we're talking about here. Crisis Cleanup. Are we going to need a mop? We are going to need, yeah, we are going to need a mop. So, unfortunately, before we can even get into what this whole new Earth and this post-crisis thing is, there are a lot of loose threads that are left over at the end of Crisis that don't quite connect to the beginning of what is considered new Earth. Mm. And some of that has to be clarified. Okay. One of the big things that, that we will talk about later, and I'm just going to kind of mention it in passing here, is Hawkman. Now, Hawkman had, I want to say it was a miniseries that came out roughly around the time of the end of Crisis. It didn't address anything. Hmm. But it, I want to say, finished publication after, a couple of months after Crisis had ended. So, to buyers at the time, it felt like it was coming out with the other post-Crisis New Earth stuff. Right. Even though it addressed nothing hmm. that Crisis changed. That will come into play in uh, about another two or three episodes, which is why I bring it up at this point in time. Okay. Yeah, so all you Hawkman fans, be patient. Yes. He'll be flying we'll by real it. soon. And, and trust me, we'll get into Hawkman. He's one of my favorite comic book characters of all time. Trust me, we'll get into Hawkman in detail. Thanagarian or archaeologist? Hawkman. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. The guy, <laughs> there's a third one, which we'll get to in the in the next episode, but... Uh, hawk dude. Egyptian pharaoh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Actual hawk The guy with a man. wings. Okay. I don't care right. which version. Mm-hmm. I just love Hawkman. But, so no, but before we get into all of that, some of the other things that need to be cleaned up. So at the end of Crisis, Psycho Pirate is the only one who remembers anything. Or so he says. Before. Or so he says. Now, there is one other person that remembers, but we'll get to her in a minute. Now, how, how is it that that affects everyone else? Because at the end of Crisis, when they're talking about how there was no multiverse, and they say that the Freedom Fighters helped the Justice Society during World War II, Uncle Sam even says in there, no, we didn't. I, I, I have memories of being on my Earth. So what occurs at this time in the continuity is that people's memories start altering. And... Just like if you time travel in a movie and you change something in the past, the ripples of that eventually catch up, and what is current, then those those memories readjust themselves and realign themselves with this new timeline. Right. That is essentially what occurs here. The Justice Society is a big one to deal with. 
Because obviously you're talking about an entire group of not just them, but you're talking about the Justice Society, you're talking about the All-Star Squadron, and the Infinity Inc. Right. All that are now a part of One Earth's continuity. So what occurs is in the Infinity Inc. and All-Star Squadron uh, books that come right after Crisis, they are gathering for the funeral of Earth 2 Robin and Earth 2 Huntress. Now, this is post-crisis. We're still referring to Earth 2. We're still referring to the multiverse. Hmm. They are having this funeral for them. And slowly throughout it, their memories start to kind of get muddled. They know that they're there for their Dick Grayson, but they can't quite remember full details. What occurs while they're there in a book called The Last Days of the Justice Society is they get this, uh, this, they get attacked or they get a call or something. Anyway, they get whisked away. And I can't remember if it was, I think it was Dr. Fate, if I remember correctly, who whisks the, the Justice Society away from the funeral before Infinity Inc. can get there. And they have to go and fight this, I think it's uh, some sort of mythological beast or a minotaur or something to that effect that, that has attacked. And this is in direct correlation to a miniseries that came out a couple of years prior where it dealt with the early days of the Justice Society and how they worked with uh, Franklin Roosevelt and all this stuff. Well, now this threat has resurfaced and it's back. This threat knows about the multiverse and the multiversal collapse and it wants now to strike. So the Justice Society has to go off and deal with it. What occurs throughout that is the Justice Society ends up having to stay. They all get killed. Every single one of them gets killed and then reborn in this like weird, it's not really a pocket dimension necessarily. It's like this pocket bubble that they get put in where they're fighting this creature. And they keep reliving the same day over and over again. So it's Groundhog Day for them. They die, and then they are they wake up, and they're alive, and they have to go through it all again. Do they remember? Like in Bill Murray's case? They, they start to. Yeah, okay. they start to put pieces together. So they're starting to remember that. They are, at that point, starting to lose their memories of the multiverse. Hmm. And they are starting to now remember things as if they were always on New Earth. What eventually ends up happening is that at the end of that story, the JSA realized that this will continue on forever. And the only way to stop this creature and the only way to prevent another multiversal collapse of what they just went through with Crisis is by staying there and holding him. So they they end it, they essentially vanish from the face of the earth because they are stuck in this time loop essentially okay stopping this this creature so they came to bargain <laughs> yeah yeah essentially yeah they came to bargain yeah it's exactly Minotaur, we've come to bargain yeah that is why in post-crisis dc there is no jsa that is how they write them out so in the new line in their new memory they retired at some point came out of retirement for the crisis whatever that may have been because they're now starting to forget what that was they remember and that there was a crisis. They just don't. They know just can't remember what, what exactly it went on. Yeah. Oh. So that was cleaning up the JSA mess and putting them in. One of the neat things about that book is it's really really cool. As it's going on, they they do these flashbacks to back when the JSA were together at the end of the war, and it's Earth Two. 
So you have Earth 2 Superman and you have Earth 2 Batman and all of them are there. And they take this big giant group photo that mm. they give to Roosevelt or Truman or whoever the hell it is on Earth 2 at that time. So they give this framed photo of the team as a gift at the end of the war. When the book ends, they show that again because somebody pulls it out and goes, oh, look, it's that old picture that was given, you know, back during, uh, back right after the war. They show the picture again. It's the exact same picture. It's the exact same splash page, except Earth 2 Superman has been replaced by Uncle Sam. Hmm. I forget who replaced uh, Earth 2 Batman and Wonder Woman, but uh, I want to say that Dick Grayson's Robin, his, his Earth 2 Robin, is now Plastic Man. So all of the characters that now in the new continuity are a part of the Golden Age, they are now kind of drawn over that other drawing. So it's really kind of neat. It really kind of puts everything in perspective of how this timeline kind of reworks. One of the other big major fallouts from it is Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman! There was a book, The Legend of Wonder Woman. It's a four-issue miniseries. I have to be completely honest, it was difficult to get through the first issue. Oh, really? It was very difficult. The art is very... I don't want to say cartoony. It's not cartoony, but it it has a very 40s Captain Marvel Shazam kind of Sunday strip style oh, to it. Oh, wow. Okay. And, okay. and so it's yeah. it's really kind of hard. And, and it's just this random adventure of Wonder Woman, which is very weird and doesn't really seem to have anything to do with anything. By the end of it, I skipped <laughs> I skipped a lot of it. I have to be honest. I skipped a lot of that book. And I read the last half of issue four, the final issue of it. Because what occurs there is that one of the goddesses comes down to Wonder Woman's mother and explains to her that, you know, there has been this big disturbance. And her mother is like, I don't understand. Why is that affecting all the other Amazons? Why is it that no one can seem to remember my daughter? And she says, well, because the timeline has been rewritten, and in this new timeline, your daughter has never existed. So Wonder wow. Woman is not around. At the end of Crisis, doesn't Earth 2 Wonder Woman become the mother? Yes. Right? Okay. This is this is Earth 1 yes. Hippolyta, or Hi I don't know how you pronounce it. Hippolyta. It is Hippolyta. Yeah, okay. That's correct, yeah. Um, yes, this is Earth 1 Hippolyta. Mm. Because, yes, the Earth 2 Hippolyta has essentially kind of been retconned to be the new mother, the new Hippolyta. Yeah, okay. Or the, the Earth 2 Wonder Woman, I think yes, it is. Yes, the Earth yes, 2 Wonder yes. Woman. So this basically says that these goddesses are, are going to take the Earth 1 Hippolyta and all of the Amazons and take them to a place where they will never forget. But by doing so, they will never have existed. But to, well, would they not have existed, or just not be in their mem the peep like memories? They will not have existed. Okay. So what the hell does that mean? I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> you'll be you'll remember everything, but you won't exist. But you'll be gone. Right. Oh, but you'll so be it gone. Matter. Well, so the gods remember the cr infinite crisis. Will this come later? Because I feel this is a this is a big plot point here. No, she even says the gods still remember, but that will not last. Okay. So they will forget as well. So everybody's getting a mind scrub. Everybody's getting a mind scrub. So that's that's how they wipe away a second Hippolyta, but have the classic old school Wonder Woman become the new Hippolyta and clean all that mess up. 
it's a really muddled, dirty way to do yeah, it. Yeah, that make. word you use, clean, clean uh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I don't think it I, means well, what you think it means. <laughs> I let me let me clarify. I use the word clean in regard to any of these crisis events in D.C. <laughs> because that's how they refer to right. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There is nothing clean Fair. about any of this. So they took mud and then just threw more water into it to try and distill the mud Maybe more. some food coloring yeah. if they could. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. The, uh, there's a couple of other things. Barry Allen, obviously, that's going to be a big issue because Barry dies in, in crisis. Yes. Going forward, that is still the case. Barry okay. is still died in crisis and Wally will become the new Flash. But because everybody's memories are being all sham-wowed, mm-hmm. don't they forget about Barry Allen? They don't forget about Barry. Just... Barry was always around, and they do remember that Barry sacrificed himself in the crisis. Mm-hmm. They don't remember how. Okay. Yeah, all it, right, was more, yeah. it was less of a, of a sham-wow, more of a slap-chop. Yeah. Where it's all kind of cut up. Yeah. Wow. And this will this will start to make sense more when we get into our next segment, but there's still a couple other cleanup things to deal with. The Flash is there. He's not there, but he's there. We remember he's there. He died. We don't know how. Okay, let's go. Yeah, keep going. All right. <laughs> Clears mud. Uh, uh, <laughs> the magic of <laughs> comics. Yep. yep. Now, one thing that I do find interesting about what they do with Flat with Barry Allen post crisis in Secret Origins Annual Number Two, uh, they deal with Barry Allen's complete origin, and they retell it. What that book says is, as he's running around in crisis, and he destroys the cannon, his body turns into living electricity. Okay. And he ends up inadvertently, as a as a lightning bolt, time traveling back to the moment when Barry Allen first got struck by lightning. He becomes the lightning bolt that created... The Barry Allen. I see where you're so, going with this. So he hasn't become the Speed Force. They're like he's the lightning bolt. There is no Speed Force right. mentioned at this time. Uh, okay. Speed Force has not okay. come so into play not, not at this yet. point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Barry is his own grandpa. Yes. It, yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's how they friend. do that with this with that book. So cleaning, cleaning. Right. That's how they clean it. Yeah. One of the other issues is Power Girl, who is the Earth Two Supergirl. Essentially, yeah, but but we don't find that out until years later. Right? No, she she is from Earth 2 in pre-crisis. She is the equivalent of Kara on Earth 2. She is she just takes the name Power Girl instead of Supergirl. But she is the Earth 2 Supergirl. Okay. But right. she still exists. So when Secret Origins book does her origin, she even talks about how her memory is fading but she knows she is not from here and she doesn't understand what her place is now. That was a very muddled and talk about not clean, clean <laughs> origin. Well, yeah, because that... her her whole origin has been a question. It's been retconned and rewritten over the years. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I know I'm jumping ahead five or six episodes in this series, but didn't they make a big deal out of who Power Girl really was? In Infinite Crisis, yeah, they, I they do. This. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's, and it's, that's super. It's the yes. Supergirl who died right. in Clark's arms in mm-hmm. in Earth One's well arms. What, what occurs, and I'm sure that we will get to that. You know, as that starts Once to we again there, quote unquote right. yeah. clean up. But what they do here is they say that this Power Girl now, according to the new timeline, has connections to ancient Atlantis. As opposed okay. to a multiversal Krypton. <laughs> so, 
So that starts to muddle things. She is still definitely not from this earth. Okay. But right. she stays. The final thing that really starts to mess everything up. <laughs> final thing? <laughs> yeah. The Legion of Superheroes. Oh, those rascals. Prior to the crisis, the Legion of Superheroes' entire origin is based on the idea that they went back in time and met Superboy. Superman when he was younger as Superboy, and he helped them create the Legion of Superheroes. Right. Well, on the New Earth, Superman never was Superboy. There never was a Superboy. Mm. He became Superman when he came out as Superman. There was no Superboy in Smallville. So how did the Legion form? Their, again, quotations, their excuse to clean that <laughs> is by saying... That a character, and I want to say his name is the Lord of Chaos, I think. Uh, I could be wrong about that. If any of our listeners know for sure if that is the character, by all means, go to one of our social media pages, share that information, share, share a picture of the character if you can find one. I, I think it's Lord of Chaos, but I'm not sure. He explains to the Legion that, no, no, what I did was I created a parallel temporal timeline universe. That makes sense. And that's where Perfect. you found the Superboy that wasn't really a Superboy. So that's how they try to explain it. That doesn't explain anything. Shit. Not right. only not only that, but keep in mind this is within the first six months of Crisis ending, the multiverse is back. But, but essentially, <sighs> by saying that he oh, has right. created the multiverse, has they've already ruined what they did. We just destroyed it, and we're now already saying that it's still out there. Kind of. That's all stuff that has to be addressed before we get into what the timeline is. Now, some of that will start to clarify. Not all of it, trust me. But some of it will start to clarify now in the new timeline. So to you, our fans, we're going to ask you this. How confused are you by everything going on? Rate it at all of our social media pages from 1 to 10. 10 being the most confused. And, and feel one, free. And go one, ahead. Go. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So one is I understand everything that yeah. Doctor Impact is saying because that's how this all makes sense. Okay, number one. <laughs> I, and, and I will. Oh, I will okay. also say that Doctor Impact may go on the social media page and explain that he's at a ten. I don't like the fact <laughs> that you're though. referring to yourself in the third person. <laughs> the only people allowed to do that are Brendan Fraser and Cher. Not and neither of them are here. Correct. Yet. <laughs> The new history of the DC Universe. Okay, so let's get into this timeline. Please. To get us caught up to 1986. It starts off with the two-issue History of the DCU prestige format series that they put out right after the crisis. This is not just a, here you go, guys, here's a new timeline. This is an actual story, and it does come into play later on. Mm, yeah. It does get referenced again. But in this case... It breaks down what the new history is, and it essentially says that all of the things that took place at different Earths that looked like they were from different eras now have taken place on New Earth at different times. For instance, you've got characters like Enemy Ace, who I want to say now took place on New Earth during World War One, Right. And, and so on and so forth. You know, the demon who... Uh, Etrigan? Even Yes, Etrigan. Okay. Even before getting connected to Jason Blood, you know, obviously is on New Earth centuries ago. You have Vandal Savage, who was an Earth 2 character, 
he is now one of the first sentient beings of New Earth who becomes immortal. And as you go through the series, you learn that all the JSA characters, they're all in the Golden Age. And then they turn Infinity, Inc. into like the legacy. They are the legacy JSAers. JSAers, yeah. Hmm. Because what occurs is what what you're led to believe is that in history, during the House of the Un-American Activities, the JSA get brought into that. And it isn't long after that that they all essentially retire. Because they didn't want to reveal their secret identities. Correct. And there's there's a great, I think it's a, what is it, an eight-issue miniseries, I think, just called the Justice Society of America that came out uh, around 1988 or 89. And, and actually, ironically, written and drawn by a lot of the creative teams that would, a year or two later, go on to do the Impact Crusaders stuff yeah, with yeah. DC. A lot of the same guys. It, it's not a pivotal story. It's not like it's anything that is, you know, continuity detrimental or anything like that. It's just a fun story set in the 50s of New Earth. This is technically the first thing that comes out that is a full story investigating this new Earth history. It doesn't show their origin. It does not show them even retiring at the end. The book ends with the House of Un-American Activities beginning. Mm. But it's just a fun story to see Golden Age Hawkman and Jay Garrick Flash and all these characters in their prime running around and stopping crazy star constellation monster things. (laughs) The other thing that gets released around this same time that ties in with the history of the DCU is a new ongoing monthly book called Secret Origins. I always just kind of wrote Secret Origins off as just being an excuse for them to sell another book. It turns out Secret Origins, which lasted, I want to say, around 50 issues, each issue focused on at least one, if not two or three different characters. And this book, this entire series, if you have all 50-some-odd issues... These are the official new origins for everyone post-crisis. Unless unless they got their own book like some of the bigger heavy hitters did. This is where you get the official Alan Scott New Earth origin. This is where you get, you know, the Justice Society New Earth origin. We're not going to bog down ongoings with all of this information. We're going to put it over here so that we can just tell stories. Yes. Right. Yes. Smart. Yeah, it's smart. It's it it was very similar to what happened to all of us when we were reading DC and Flashpoint hit and New Fifty Two started and they dropped you into the middle of an established universe. Crisis ended. Things kept going. Things were established. New Earth was established. The difference is they put out the history of DCU to help you figure out what the new timeline was, and they put out the Secret Origins book to give you context of the history. Okay. Two things that New 52 did not do. Did, did not do. And at needed, all. needed to do it. And needed to do yeah. it yeah. badly. What this new history also tells you is that Superman and Batman and the Justice League and all of them, they did not come around in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. In fact, according to this new timeline, the Justice Society start to disband, and the rocket is about to land in Kansas, in Smallville. Mm. So Superman is no longer the first hero. He now comes much later. The next thing that that really kind of takes place in that timeline is a book called Green Arrow, The Wonder Year, which is a four-issue miniseries. It takes place in the late 70s. And this is the new post-crisis origin of Oliver Queen. 
and it's really dark and it's really heavy and it's very adult. It was also very interesting because he, even back then, I know a lot of people complain about the show Arrow trying to cash in on being Batman. Even in Green Arrow, The Wonder Year, they're already starting to do that with him. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Um, he has a butler. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's a rich kid. Yep. Who knows what he's doing and all of that. And he comes back to clean up the city after being stranded on the island. There is no more going to the island to look for something and finding a boy there who becomes his <laughs> ward and all that kind of bullshit. Who teaches him how right. no, none of the, to be an archer. None <laughs> of that anymore. This time it's Oliver Queen gets shipwrecked on the island. The interesting thing about the Wonder Year, though, I found is that they don't really spend any time on the island. He talks about it in flashback, but the whole book is essentially after he's been back for about a year or two and running around in a rented Robin Hood costume that he refuses to return to the costume shop, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Which he could just buy. Right. <laughs> Which he could right. just buy. Because yeah. 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 you're rich. Yeah. And then by the end of the book, you know, he has a, a, an official Green Arrow costume, the classic Green Arrow costume that we all know. So that's, that's in the 70s. So technically, of the newer generation, Green Arrow's the first. Interesting He, he comes first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you have Batman Year One. For those of you who have never read it, you got to read it. It's such a classic. I mean, it's one of the best stories out there. So Batman Year One really kind of kicks things off, you know, and it's it's a great book. The The most interesting thing, and uh, we'll try to, to see if we can find an image of this to share with you all. I have a, it here to show to, to the gang. In the deluxe edition hardcover of yeah. Year One, which is a beautiful oversized book, by the way, first page is something out of I guess a magazine or a newspaper called The Crime Blotter. And it is written by Slam Bradley. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. here we go. Post-crisis. And the very first thing that they're starting off with is Batman Year One. And just like Detective Comics did, it starts with Slam Bradley. It's like it's a a police rag. Yeah, yeah. That, that just kind of talks about the goings on in Gotham where the to-dos and the to don'ts, to don'ts, yeah, mm-hmm. the to dos yeah. and the to don'ts, and how they intersect, and it's all from Slam Bradley's perspective. And I'm like, yeah, all right, nice, yeah, yeah. And the other interesting thing too about Batman Year One is it it almost sort of happens concurrently with the John Byrne series Man of Steel, the six issue Man of Steel, which does not take place over the course of a year like Batman Year One does. It takes place more over the course of what about? It feels like five years. It does, but I think it's closer to about seventeen months, something really? like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I think in 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 real time it would be about seventeen months. Well, well, but not counting the end of the between issue one and issue two because Clark leaves Smallville. Well, that's true. Yes, and there's like a three year period. Yes, where he's running around right. before he becomes Superman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so I'm talking under about just five the Superman years. part. Yeah. How about we just split the difference yeah. under five years? Yeah. Because they will, you know, in issue four or five of that, he meets Batman for the first time. Yeah. I think it's issue three of Batman Year One when they talk about, you know, Metropolis has their own guy in a cape yeah. now. So they, they kind of have to happen at the same time. The funny thing about it is is that bo- b- both books, totally, completely different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, one's John Byrne and the other one 
is Crazy Uncle Frank. <laughs> yep. Yep. Before but he was crazy. I was going to say, but when he was good. Yes. But this was pre-crazy Crazy <laughs> yeah. Uncle Frank. Yeah. It's good, good stuff. Yeah. In the new timeline, then, the next things that occur after that are Superman Shazam First Thunder, which is a miniseries that didn't come out, I want to say, until around 2000. This is a miniseries that comes out way after the fact. I include it here in the timeline because it doesn't, even though there are more retcons to come, this doesn't really change. Okay. This doesn't really change anything that came before. It doesn't really get altered by any of the retcons that are yet to come. Mm -hmm. It just kind of feels like, okay, this is a perfect place for this story to fit. Okay, all right. And there are a couple of times where you come across things like that, where they they did a story, you know, in 2005 that goes back to immediate post-crisis origin stuff, but it doesn't seem to affect or be affected by any changes that had happened since. So right. those things, I think, are okay to place in. And that and that happens in superhero comic books all the time. I think one of my favorites is from Marvel when they did uh, Hulk Gray. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. A, essentially six-issue miniseries that talks about the time in between issue one of the Hulk and issue two, because in issue one, he was gray. There, there was an ink issue. It was a printing issue. Mm -hmm. yeah. He wasn't supposed to be gray. So then by issue two... They went to green ink and like, okay, green works. Yay. But why was he gray? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoops. He can't well, just say. They actually tell this great story of, so here's what happened when he was gray before he went green. So to, so to have something very similar. It's very similar. Plucked yeah. down to where it doesn't affect continuity. It just adds it to just it. It just adds to it. And, yeah. and it tells the story of the first time that Superman and Shazam meet. Which I think um, is an important story Which to is tell. an important story. Now, Shazam's origin is in Secret Origins. Right. So you get that there. But yeah, this is a, it's just a fun little story. Again, it's not... The, the, there is, however, one major thing that comes out of this. This story, where they meet, is the first now New Earth chronological appearance of Eclipso. Oh, okay. Eclipso starts in here. The other thing that happens around that same time is a book called Batman, The Man Who Laughs, which is another book that came out years later. This is the New Earth Joker story. And according to this story, it is not ever determined for sure, 100%, but it is assumed that the Joker is the Red Hood that Batman dropped into a vat accidentally. Mm. Yeah, um, okay. It is never confirmed. Batman doesn't have it, but he 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 his suspicions lead him to believe that that's who this Joker character is. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> the interesting thing about the two Batman origin books, both Year One and uh, The Man Who Laughs, it had been so long since I read Year One, and I'd never read Man Who Laughs. There are moments, dialogue, and aspects from those both stories that were taken for both Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Really? And worked into it. Not in the same order. Right. Not in the same way. But they're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I, I don't think I recalled or knew. Hmm. Um, and found that to be very interesting and, and good on them for including it. The next thing that occurs then is Barry Allen gets hit by his own lightning bolt, <laughs> apparently, according to Secret Origins. And he becomes The Flash. At that same time, there is a, I think it's a six-issue miniseries, and... Smurfy, you might know more about 
all 12, because there's actually two separate miniseries of six issues each that combine to be a full 12-issue origin for Hal Jordan Green Lantern, Emerald Dawn and Emerald Dawn 2. Right. I've only read Emerald Dawn. I haven't been able to get my hands on the complete series yet. Okay. So until now, thanks to DC app, I haven't had time to read any of it. Gotcha. I've gotcha. been able to read it. Hear that, folks? So if you're uh, thinking about giving Smurfy a, uh, a present... For his birthday, or maybe a future Christmas, or something like that. Or just for the hell of it. Or just for the hell of it. Doesn't have to be a reason. Because he brings a smile to your face. Yeah. And it, it essentially tells the Hal Jordan origin that we all know. I right. Mean, it doesn't really change much. It expands a few things. I found it interesting that he's a drunk, a complete and total drunk, mm. to the point where he causes a car accident and accidentally kills a very good friend of his in the car accident. That's that willpower to keep drinking. I guess right. so, yeah. He's, uh... <laughs> he, he ends up, at the end of the, the first five issues, I think it is, he ends up turning himself in. He spends six or eight months in prison. So Hal Jordan's now, the space cop Hal Jordan is an ex-con, hmm. which I didn't And I know. think that's what they were going for. I think so, like, too, yeah. Let's Let's give him... Well, they all have to have tragic right. backstories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether, you know, your planet has blown up, your parents were murdered in front of you. You got stranded on an island with a ward. Well, well <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. This is where you get Aquaman. Now, Aquaman, his place in the New Earth is a little muddled because there is a miniseries or two and a special that comes out showing his place now. And when I say now, I mean 1986. So he talks about how, you know, they're done with the crisis and he's moving forward. But then they decide to go back and do a one-shot called the, I think it's just called The Legend of Aquaman. And this is a, I think it's like a 48-page special, and this recounts his now New Earth origin. Hook hand or no hook hand? Well, this is all before Hookhand. Okay. But yeah. this is that Aquaman. This is the so Aquaman. Yeah. They'll get we'll to, get to oh, okay. that. Yes. Well, I'm going to say, because like, there's been so many different versions yes. of Aquaman out there that you're no. like, for the so fans this... who don't know anything about it, he has both of his hands. He has uh, ironically both of his enough, Hookhand Aquaman was written by Peter David, your favorite. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And we'll actually get into that in the next episode. We'll get into all the Hookhand stuff. Spoilers. So, yeah, a little spoiler. <laughs> but no, according to this, the, the New Earth Aquaman story, if you've seen the movie, not the same. <laughs> not the same at all. You mean he doesn't look like Jason Momoa? <laughs> right. Not only that, he's not half human, half Atlantean. Yeah, he's like 100% Atlantean, right? He's 100% yeah. Atlantean, who is born with blonde hair, and so he's his mother leaves him on a reef because she knows that... He's different. He's different. She knows that the Atlanteans will kill him. So he's left out there by himself, and he is taken in by a man named Arthur Curry. How biblical. And raised. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he is raised and taught how to speak and all this by Arthur Curry. And when Arthur is about to die, he gives him his name. That's how he gets the name Arthur Curry. Then Aquaman goes back to Atlantis, and he's like, I've got I've to figure out where I'm from. And he goes down there, and he gets arrested. And the orange and green is a prison uniform. Huh. Wow, okay. Everyone wears orange and green. 
So all our new heroes are basically just ex-cons. They're yeah. all yeah, ex-cons wow, yeah, and right. angry yeah. and people have died and or they create themselves by turning into lightning bolts or something. From another universe that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, right. So when when he gets away, you know, and there's this this horrible king that has usurped the throne and it's not Ocean Master. He mm-hmm. is not around yet. Although they are brothers. Is Ocean Master the half and half? I believe he may be the half and half. Okay. I believe. I can, I could be wrong about that, but mm-hmm. I think he is. He helps them revolt in the prison, and he escapes, which teaches his current cellmate, Volko, how to revolt. And Volko ends up leading a whole revolution down there and uh, frees all of Atlantis, all of which Arthur doesn't find until way later. He ends up leaving, and he continues to wear his prison garb as kind of a reminder to himself of of the atrocities of there, where he comes from, and... Like Jonah Hex, almost. Sort of. Yeah. yeah, sort of. The next thing that you have in the timeline then, and again, we're jumping ahead publication-wise, but it makes sense in the timeline to include here. Story-wise Story-wise, right. yes. Yeah. The one-two shot of The Long Halloween and Dark Victory. Ah, yes. I think mm. all of us have read that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Have we all read yes. those? Yeah. yeah. Those are Those are great. Freaking phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The spiritual sequels to... Batman Year One. Yes, yes. These are important, not just because they're spiritual sequels to Year One, but because Dark Victory gives us Dick Grayson Robin. And Two-Face. And Two-Face. And Two-Face. Yeah, and Two-Face. Now, there are a lot of Year One specials and one-shots and things that come out over the years that deal with the Batman villains and showing their first appearances in this new Earth. I'm not getting into any of that stuff here, but they are out there. Those all kind of take place around this same time. Here's where the man with the wings gets a little confusing. Oh, goody. We've had Carter Hall, the Golden Age Hawkman. Right. He is reincarnated from Prince Khufu, the Egyptian. Then we have this weird random... Bizarre Hawkman series that kind of was still printing and continued printing at the end of Crisis, which is the Silver Age Katar Hall space cop Hawkman. Hmm. Okay. That is confusing because it was continuing to print even after Crisis had ended. Now you get a three-issue Hawk World miniseries. This is the Katar Hall New Earth origin. This is the official cop on Thanagar, the metal wings, the big metal orange wings. And the whole three issues take place on, on Thanagar. Hmm, okay. And dealing with uh, Kadar Hall, who is a new, I think he's a rookie or maybe a year into his time with the Force there. He, he Basically, he uncovers some corruption, and he gets, uh, he gets saddled with a new partner, which is Shiera. When the Hawkworld ongoing starts... I think a month or two after that, something like that. They are sent to Earth. Similarly to what you would do with a Green Lantern, where you would station a Green Lantern in a sector, they are sent to Earth. <laughs> so we now have Hawkman and Hawk Girl. I think she's Hawk Woman, actually, at this How point. Progressive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but this will all get incredibly confusing when we get to our next episode of Understanding DC. <laughs> Where they because that oh, <laughs> Hawkman Hawkman is one of the most confusing characters in comic book history, hands down. 
Because he's a bird, man. He's <laughs> a bird. There is a wonderful 12-issue miniseries that I cannot recommend high enough to anyone that came out in the late 90s, I want to say, written by Mark Wade, called JLA Year One. Mm, yeah. Now, the Justice League of America's origin is retooled in Secret Origins in one issue. And according to this, the new origin is Hal Jordan, Barry Allen, Aquaman, Martian Manhunter, and Black Canary hmm. are all individually fighting different elemental monsters. And then they all have to come together to stop a sixth one, a final one. Now, this Black Canary is the daughter of the original Black Canary, the hmm. one from the Golden Age, according to the new timeline. Yeah, yeah. So they all come together. There is no Superman. There is no Batman. There is no Wonder Woman. She doesn't even exist yet. They basically work together to stop this, and that's the end of the story. The year one 12-issue series picks up from that moment and expands on the first year of the Justice League, going into detail about how they actually decided, yes, let's stay together, let's be a team, let's work together. It goes into detail the first time they meet Superman and offer him membership, and he declines and just flies away. <laughs> it goes into detail about meeting the Doom Patrol and the Metal Men and all of the characters that Metamorpho, all these guys that, that were considered the Silver Age characters, but now in the new timeline all probably emerged somewhere in the late 70s, early 80s. So that this JLA year one probably takes place somewhere around 1980, maybe 1981. Mm, okay. By the end of the series, they've run into Batman, but he's not a part of it yet. He refuses to join. And Green Arrow constantly keeps showing up trying to become a part of the team. <laughs> so, time, so, time <laughs> but they, so one guy doesn't want to join. Yeah. And his copycat... Does want to join? They're like, no, no, no. And they don't. They don't. They no don't bring him in. They don't bring him in. Wow. All right. By the end of the book, you find out that the Justice League have a new headquarters in the cave, the cave headquarters, and it is bankrolled secretly. They don't know who it's being bankrolled by, but it is bankrolled by Queen Industries. Huh. So basically, you gotta let me join now, guys. Oliver <laughs> buys his. Yeah. yeah, he buys his way in. Hey, there you the go. Typical rich kid. Yeah. If you got it, flaunt yeah. it. It's, uh, it's also at this time that the Lex Luthor unauthorized biography comes out and fits in. This was a one-shot. I just read it for the first time the other night. It's really weird and, and dark, but very cool. And this tells the New Earth history of Luthor. This down-on-his-luck writer needs to get a job, and he goes to a, a publishing house that he works with, and he says, you know, I need an advance. They say, what are you working on? Your Marilyn Monroe biography stops selling. And he looks around at newspapers in front of him and he goes, uh, I'm working on a biography on, um, yeah, Luther. Lu yeah, Lex Luther. That's it. Sure. <laughs> that's it. Because ticket. he wants the advance so he can buy himself some booze. This story is all told in flashback as he's researching for this book. What's happening currently is that Clark Kent has been arrested for the murder of this of this guy. And he's arrested because when they found the guy's body stabbed to death, he wrote in his own blood Clark Kent on the ground, on the floor. Well, that's so, not good. yeah. 
That's um, an open and shut case right there. It's <laughs> a lot of blood, too. Yeah, and it's a lot of blood. What you discover throughout that is that in the New Earth, Lex Luthor comes from an extremely poor family. He takes out something like a $300,000 life insurance policy on his parents and then tampers with their car. They die in the car accident, and then he gets the inheritance and pays off the the mechanic who signs off and says, oh, yeah, it was just, you know, it wasn't murder. It was just malfunction. Faulty wiring. Yeah, and yeah. that's how he starts his business and starts to build his empire, and he creates LexCorp. Now, over the years, obviously, that's been retconned 10,000 different times. Right. But that's what it is at this point in yeah, time. Yeah. And he had hair. And he had hair. He, he had hair. Red, luscious hair. Yeah. Now, by the, locks. by the time of this book, he's bald. Right, he's bald. And by the time of this book, also, the, the regular new ongoing Superman book has started. So he has gotten the kryptonite ring on his finger, and it is starting to poison him. So he is wearing the black glove on one hand to hide the, the kryptonite poisoning at this point. This is also where we get the story of Dan Garrett, Blue Beetle, and Ted Cord. The Dan Garrett, Blue Beetle was around during the uh, the late 70s, according to this timeline now. Okay. And he worked off and on helping out the early years of the Justice League. And Ted Cord is a protege of his. When they get kidnapped by Ted's crazy, maniacal uncle or grandfather or whatever he is, <laughs> and Dan has to reveal that he's the Blue Beetle. And he saves them, but he ends up dying in the process. And he says, you've got to carry on for me. He tries to give him the scarab, and Ted drops it into, a, like, a chasm. <laughs> of course he does. Because <laughs> it's, it's Ted. Right. So he doesn't have the scarab. Now, I don't know at what point he gets it back, because eventually Jamie or Jaime, whatever his name is, has to get it from Ted. But So I don't know when he gets it back, but he drops it, and it's gone. And... He decides to use his intellect to become the new Blue Beetle, which is a really funny book, a fun book to read, that 80s Blue Beetle series. So the past Blue Beetle did use a scarab and its magical did, properties. But it did not affect him the way, it did not work for him the way that it works now. Okay. It like, because, yeah, because with, got, with Jaime, it's more like a, like a, almost a, like a battle armor kind yeah, of Yeah, it's, it's, it's like an ecto suit that yeah. goes around him yeah. based off it, where before it was more like magic based. Almost. It was, yeah. Like it was a very, dance. it was a magical scarab that helps yeah. protect you and give you whatever. That's exactly so. right, yeah. yeah. It gives him like enhanced strength or something yeah. like that, and yeah. There's also a fun series, again, this is not super consequential to anything, but there's a fun series that, again, Mark Wade wrote called Flash Green Lantern Brave and the Bold, and I do recommend if anybody wants to check that out sometime. That is, uh, the first story that shows Barry and Hal trying to be friends outside of their <laughs> superhero world. Right. It also brings in Wally West into the new Earth kind of continuity and timeline. It doesn't necessarily show his origin. It does talk about it. He is very much a kid in this book, and he idolizes the Green Lantern, and so he wants to hang out with Uncle Barry yeah. and everything. All of this stuff, along with everything that you kind of knew about before, plays out within this five, six-year period leading up to 1985 with minor alterations such as Uncle Sam instead of Superman of Earth 2 and so on and so forth, Black Canary instead of Wonder Woman. Now the crisis occurs. <sighs> no one knows what happens. It ends. Barry has sacrificed his life. 
So essentially, this is the crisis on Earth. Uh, Earth. Uh, Earth, apparently, because nobody can remember anything. Nobody can remember anything outside of that. So now we are up to 1986, and this is where Wonder Woman shows up. Wonder Woman! Oh, thank God. I don't have that range. One of us had to do it. <laughs> Leave I, it to Mr. X. It, it's the only time I can get up really high is when I do the Wonder Woman. <laughs> that's, that's it. Or somebody has to kick me in the nuts. I have never read the George Perez Wonder Woman series. I recently picked it up, and I've, I've been re- reading it for the first time with this. It's very interesting. It is very, very dense. Ah, uh, yes. Each, each issue is about 23 to 24 pages, and... Because it's Perez, you've got probably 10,000 panels on a page. <laughs> right, right. And every panel has probably 30,000 word balloons or <laughs> caption boxes in it. Now, having said that, you get your money's worth. Sure. All right. And it plays heavily on Greek mythology. Very heavily on it. Do the gods at this point remember Crisis? No longer. Okay. No. Now, at this point, now, everyone has forgotten. They know that there was a crisis. Mm-hmm. They know that everybody had to come together to save everything, and they know that Barry Allen died. That's all they can remember. And what's happening throughout all of this, to, to kind of tie this back in a little bit with the history of the DCU2 issue, Harbinger is traveling the timeline, continuing on the Monitor's job. She is documenting the New Earth history. So she is learning about all of this as she is going. And she is creating this tome, essentially, that has the entire history of all of these incredible heroes and people. So that is happening at the same time as all of this is going on. Now Wonder Woman has appeared. Steve Trevor, no longer a love interest. The man's like 25 years older than her. Well, she is made of clay, but um, but he is he is a colonel. He is. Uh, I mean, he's got to be easily close to 50, the way they draw him in the book. And uh, yeah, I could be your daddy, little girl. Yeah. Awkward. And Weird. <laughs> the first story is Ares trying to uh, bring about more war. He knows that there was some sort of a crisis event, and and it wasn't enough for him, so he wants to create this war, and Wonder Woman has to basically stop him. And, and she, of course, does by the end of the, the first six issues. This is the same time when you get... Two new ongoing series from DC. You get Captain Adam. Oh, okay. Where Captain Adam, A-D-A-M, <laughs> is given the atomic powers okay. by the government. So he is now officially brought into DC continuity with this at this point. Cool, cool. And you also get a crazy, opportunistic, money-hungry, fame-seeking, <sighs> lovable, great character who decides to go back in time. And capitalize on history with Booster Gold. Ah, the squeaky wheel. Now, <laughs> when did this book come out? Late 80s, we're talking? Yeah, somewhere around there, yeah. Are we talking before or after Back to the Future 2? Because oh, you know, I Booster know. Gold is essentially Marty with yeah. the gray sports almanac. Yeah, right. Only superhero-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he steals the he steals the Legion flight ring to so yep. he can fly, and yeah, yeah, he steals a whole bunch of gadgets. All yeah, all yep. kinds of so stuff. So he can yeah. go back to the Skeets. age of heroes and be yeah, a Skeets. celebrity. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I did not know that Skeets was always around from the get go, but he is in issue one of Booster Gold, okay. which is Booster's first appearance. He doesn't appear anywhere else. 
and then get his own book or anything like that. He His first appearance is in Booster Gold number one, which I did not know. We also get another character, a character known as the Matrix. He he took the the red pill, <laughs> oh. or was it the blue pill? Which one was it that that takes you into the? Hey, Matrix? It's been a minute. I'll, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to go back and rewatch. He took a pill took from a, pill. a strange black man. <laughs> <laughs> Here's where we're already adding to the mess up that we've done with the Legion of Superheroes. The Legion of Superheroes already gave us a second pseudo alternate timeline reality Earth place. Now Superman in an early issue of Superman, is visited by this alien-like creature known as the Matrix, who is dressed like Supergirl, complete with the red skirt and everything. Hell yeah, man. (sighs) So what she says to him is that she is from a pocket dimension. Oh god, son of a bitch. So that's 3 now we've got yeah. going. JSA. They're in that weird pocket minotaur yes. place, yes. Right. And so then there's the Legion's the pocket universe yes. where they met pocket universe Superboy. Yes. And now there's this plus there's that weird random Hawkman that kind of right. was still going on after Crisis but isn't. Let's never bring that up again. <laughs> but let's no, we'll bring have it up to in get, a couple issues. I would say we'll bring that up in a couple episodes. What this is, is is she tells Superman that she is from this weird pocket dimension where there was no Superboy and no Superman. And when the prisoners of the Phantom Zone, Zod and his folks, came to Earth, there was no one to stop them. Except for the lone heroic good person in town, Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor? Yes, who grew up in Smallville. And I don't believe you. Madly, <laughs> your life, and was madly in love with Lana Lang. But he's good. He's completely good. Does he look like Michael Rosenbaum? I don't know. I never. I never read it. This is all information that I found doing research. Okay. Trying to figure out who this Supergirl was Let's because just I say never he does. He basically takes this this Matrix alien property and creates something in a Matrix something generator thing. It's called. And creates this new alien sentient life that he gives red hair and models after Lana Lang and creates a Supergirl. And because he's super smart, he discovers the existence of New Earth and models her uniform off of Superman and sends her to New Earth to get Superman's help and go back. And they do. But throughout all of it, this whole pocket dimension that she comes from is completely obliterated and destroyed. So Superman offers her to come back to New Earth. So now we have Supergirl. We don't got one of you on where I'm from. You want to not... come home with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you be but my she friend? is no longer Kryptonian. She is now the Supergirl Matrix. Okay, that that makes a lot more sense because there was a handful of books uh-huh. during the early '90s where she could like melt. She was like uh-huh. made of like, almost like a clay face type yes. character. Yes. Okay, that's who that Supergirl no, that makes is. Sense. Now she becomes much more important in the next episode of our understanding DC continuity. So we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on her here because we'll go into more when okay, Peter David yeah. gets his hands on her and changes things up. 
The last major thing to mention about this new timeline now, and this this now immediate year after Crisis, is a miniseries called Green Arrow the Longbow Hunters. And this is a miniseries that sets up his new status quo going forward, where he inadvertently, I believe, takes a life. He gets rid of all the trick arrows. He goes back to just regular arrows, and he inadvertently uh, takes a life through his anger or whatever. He just, you know, he gets all enraged and kills somebody. Okay, as you do. And it kind of changes him. He gets rid of the Robin Hood-esque outfit with, you know, the, the little hoodie thing and everything. And he goes to what we know more now as the traditional hooded Green Arrow look that oh, okay. they kind of used yeah. for the TV show. Mm. He goes to more of that kind of design, which is really the only reason that I bring it up, because it kind of changes his his look and demeanor going forward. The rest of the history of the DCU miniseries, the two-issue thing, it does kind of go into the future. It does talk about how... Jonah Hex is pulled from the past and dropped into the future and then taken back. Yeah, and, it's just weird. Yeah, and it and it does talk about the Legion and and Commandy and but now all of that is now in one timeline. Now I don't know where I don't recall where Commandy and his destroyed Earth takes place in connection to Legion if it's before or after, but they are now in one timeline. And the book ends with Harbinger basically saying, you know. I will continue to monitor and essentially be a new monitor. She said it. She said the thing. The thing we all know. Right. She said the thing. She said it. <laughs> and this is where we ask you, in the new timeline for the new Earth, what retconned origin do you like? Which one do you not like? Which one would you have liked to have seen them spend more time on at that time? Be sure to head over to all of our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and share the information with us there. Legends. Okay, what do you do? How do you follow up the destruction of a multiverse? Kill Superman. <laughs> Shh, not yet. Oh, it's, it's spoilers, br- man. Break up the band. Jeez. Well, sort of, Smurfy. You're not far off. How do you follow up this gigantic, massive story? Well, you do one of two things. You either do it again, or you bring it down. And you get a little more personal. I'll go for number two. That's, Choice number two. That's what Legends does. Good. I'm glad Legends I was right. is the first major event to occur in the New Earth timeline. Okay. It is, in a sense, sort of an early precursor rough draft for what would one day become Marvel's Civil War in a sort of roundabout kind of way. Oh, wow, okay. okay. Or at least aspects of Marvel's Civil War. And while certain things about it are kind of fun and interesting, it is one of the, I think, dumbest plots <laughs> that they could have <laughs> ever done. Whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute. Go on. You've already yeah, dropped continue. a whole bunch of dumb plots on us <laughs> yeah. already. But you're claiming that this, this. Now we've reached the pinnacle of now stupidity. We've, yeah. All right. Well, and I, I say that. Strap in. I say that because going forward, until we get to the next crisis, we no longer talk about multiverse or the multiverse that came before. We are now just New Earth. So this is this is the dumbest thing that New Earth has done. 
<laughs> other than pocket dimensions. Other than pocket dimensions and quote unquote cleaning up things. We're barely out of the gate. Here yeah. we go. Here we go. The coolest thing about Legends, it's Dark Side. Okay. It's Apocalypse. All right. And they they know that a crisis occurred. They also cannot remember everything, but they know that now is the time to strike. They are going to get them. They're going to finally take out the heroes on Earth, and they're going to finally rule Earth. But they're not going to do it the way they usually do it. Now, that this was Lex Luthor's plan, okay, maybe. If it was Dr. Doom, if Dr. Doom <laughs> came over to, to D.C. and came up with this plan, yeah, okay, I, I'd buy into it. This is the dumbest thing that Darkseid could do. Darkseid could boom tube him and his whole army in there and wipe everybody out. What does he do? He sends Glorious Godfrey to Earth under the guise of a man named G. Gordon Godfrey hmm. to write a paper oh about how superheroes cause more damage and destruction and issues than they do help. So he's like, I'm going to hit him with psychological warfare he by getting everyone to hate the heroes. He basically sends Godfrey down wow. to start the DC equivalent of a registration act. Yeah. Of the Marvel Registration Act. This actually <laughs> sounds like the scroll plan yeah. from the first Kree scroll war. Because remember, they sent the one guy to go mess with the Avengers. And then it's eventually like he's the. Right, the guy who was uh, <clears throat> in disguise yeah. as the senator. Yeah. Who, yep. uh, mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. And that's and that's what happens here. And not Strongly only. Worded letter. Not, <laughs> not only does he start to convince people that the heroes need to go away, but there's like some mind control going uh, on too, well. controlling people to get them to, to follow along. That's a little bit better than, I guess, in a strongly worded letter. Well, but only only in certain cases do they use that. They don't use it the whole time. So he doesn't go to TV and do the whole, like, hey, guys, look into my eyes as I tell you this. In some cases, but in other cases, he just kind of plays to their bigotry. Man, you got to use Hypnotoad. Futurama taught us. That's right. Hypnotoad. That's right. That's how you get him. Throughout the course of this, the president talks with Superman, and he basically says, I'm sorry, this is what the American people want. They're falling behind it, even though I don't agree with it. I'm going to have to ask you and all of your your costumed friends to stop, Hmm. to quit. Some do, and some don't. There's a scene where Batman and Robin, and by the way, this is Jason Todd Robin now at this point. Okay. Dick, oh, good. Dick yeah. has gone off, and he's become Nightwing, Nightwing and all that. So so we have now gotten Jason Todd Robin. Nothing can mix. go wrong here. Right. Nope. Jason Todd in, in Legends gets beaten to a pulp <sighs> by an angry mob to the point where he ends up in a hospital with broken arm, broken leg, and like his head in like some sort of a weird wrapped cast. I mean, he, he's, he's dude can't catch a break. He cannot catch a break. <laughs> he cannot catch a break. No wonder he's so angry. Right. Yeah. So it, it's during here, and then you know when Batman's like, you know, well, I ain't gonna follow that role. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and still be Batman. I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> yeah. You beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy Uncle Frank. So the Legend series in itself is pretty silly. There's some good fights. There's some good battles. But it, the story itself is pretty hokey. There are some major things, though, that come out of Legends. Okay. One thing is that this is the storyline where Wonder Woman first meets all the heroes. 
Okay, all right. The new Wonder Woman comes out and 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 joins it. Now they, some of them have heard of her, but no one has met her until now. And she's still struggling with the language. She's still like she speaks English, but it's kind of a broken English at this point. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an important piece that comes out of Legends. The other important piece that comes out of Legends is when all the heroes are shut down, the government and Amanda Waller implement Task Force X. Oh, we know where this is going. This this is where we get the Suicide Squad. Now, this is the original, I guess not the original, original Suicide Squad because they were soldiers Right. This is the original super villain Suicide Squad. These oh, okay. guys are the. This is the first time that we get Deadshot and Captain Boomerang and the crew. The other thing that I found interesting too, when reading Legends, they they do not have the bombs implanted in their heads. Really, they have Snake Plissken style bombs on their wrists. Hmm. So it's it's like a like a bracelet, like a bomb bracelet on okay. their wrist. Um, All right. I don't know where the the head implant thing comes in, but that's you know probably an artist just tired of drawing. It could have been, bracelets. yeah, it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got a bomb in the neck. Who cares? Yeah, I, for, go, I forgot to put bracelets on all these pages. The bombs in their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah change it. Yep, <laughs> we're good. Did it. <laughs> um, so the Suicide Squad comes out of out of Legends. The other big thing that occurs during Legends is the Justice League of America. Now they they formed with the original five in seventy nine eighty somewhere around there. All of the iterations that we had previously, that all occurs over the course of a five or six year period. Superman does join. He does leave. Batman did join. He left all prior to Crisis. Leading up to Crisis, we did get the Detroit League with Gypsy and Vixen and all those guys. So now here we are in Legends. That's the Justice League, the Detroit League. But because of the the stuff that's going on and because of the hit that they take from various mobs... This is where they disband. This is where Volume 1 of the Justice League of America is over and is canceled. Mm, It comes to an end during Legends. Because the last two issues of Legends has Dr. Fate going around the country gathering various heroes to help stop the whole Legends storyline, to help stop Darkseid. And what he basically puts together is what would essentially become Justice League International. Now, it's a little different. It's a little different because Changeling from the Teen Titans is there, and he didn't officially join. Superman is there, and he did not join. So there's there's some differences. Yeah, but if you're doing a story, you want to have your Superman. You you, you got to have Superman. Right. That's where this starts. The Justice League, Guy Gardner, Blue Beetle, they're all very integral in in everything here. That's where... That great, what they called the Bwahaha League. Um, that's what people seem to refer Damn to. Damn yeah. That all comes here. And out of Legends, we get new series that have become classics in comics now. We get the new Suicide Squad. We get a new Shazam ongoing series because Shazam, Captain Marvel plays yep. heavily in Legends. We get the new Justice League International series, which at this time is just called Justice League. And we get, finally, the Wally West ongoing Flash. Starts after Legends. Okay, all right. That's where that kicks in. So this is a, this is the beginning of that era. This is the beginning... This is one of my favorite Justice League runs. Right, yeah. The, the whole Justice League 
which starts out as Justice League, becomes Justice League International, and then when they split off and form Justice League Europe, Justice League International changes its name to just Justice League America. They drop the of, because apparently that's something, I guess. <laughs> just extra wording. Don't I guess so, it. yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't know about you guys, but that's like that's one of my favorite runs. It's strange that such a a, a crap event mm-hmm. like Legends spawned so much great stuff. So much great stuff, which yeah. is why it needs to be talked about. Right. No, no. Totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. So now what happens when Darkseid invades? <laughs> he doesn't. That's the problem. Darkseid doesn't. Wow, it, really? Oh, it, no. It doesn't ever actually the, the, occur. The, the First Amendment has, has thwarted me. I will not invade Earth with my I, it, horde. It's like, it's like they, they stop Godfrey. They, they reveal to everyone that Godfrey is a joke. They clear everybody's minds and everything is fine. And then they stop the big monster creatures that Darkseid sent down to fight and... and then that's it, and then you know, Darkseid's like, "Well, there are others that I can, I can attack." And so he gave up that easily. He gave he's up. Like, he, yeah, like, yeah. Like, who wants to fight on a Tuesday? Anyway? Dar- <laughs> Screw you. He did, he did better in the Superman cartoon, where he actually brought in parademons and fought everybody, right. and like you know, did destruction, and was right. like, "Wow!" By boom, two. Mm. Yeah. So wow. it's it's unfortunate. I said one guy, and you lost. Well, I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like what? It's unfortunate to have to spend time talking about legends because it's such a dumb story. Even though there's good stuff in it, and so many great things came out of it. Obviously, the Justice League being the biggest one. Uh, This is also, uh, not in Legends, but right after Legends, when we get the Justice League International book. This is where we get Max Lord. Okay. Max Lord. Yep. And the infamous one punch. And the infamous one punch. Yeah. 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 Which has been talked about. And I know, Smurfy, you and I, working at the shop, we used to talk about that, that scene all the time. I didn't know it existed until uh, Jim actually was like, "Oh, you know, you like that. You should read Justice League uh-huh. International." And I was like, "Why?" He goes, "Just read it." <laughs> and like that's all I kept saying. And I was uh-huh. like, "Fine." So I bought it, and went home, read it, and I came back and was like, "Yeah." I was like mouth, like mouth at the floor. I was like, "Yeah." One punch. He's like, "Great." And then I go, "It's phenomenal for these characters yeah. I never even knew existed." Yeah. And no heavy hitters hardly at all. No. It's terrific. They were except able... for Martian Manhunter. Yeah. No, yeah. true. March Man, and like technically Guy Gardner is a Green Lantern. Even though Wally wasn't quite the heavy hitter yet, right? He's and, and, still a Flash. And Guy Gardner technically is a Green Lantern who's a heavy hitter. Yeah. But I'm saying for me, I didn't know who any of these people were. Well, true. Yeah. Right, so right. I was like, oh, I know he's a Green. I know what a Green Lantern is. Well, and they essentially pulled off what I think they were trying to do with the Detroit League. You know, they were trying to give us a Justice League that was different. Right. And and it didn't work because nobody cared about Vibe and Gypsy and those yeah, characters. Right. But here, with the right writing, while everything else in comics is getting heavier and darker and more realistic and angst-ridden, here we've got Kevin McGuire coming in with the Justice League International and saying, we can do all that. We can still tell stories that are realistic. But remember, this is still comic books. Yeah. Let's have fun. Let's yeah, we can have, have fun. fun. Right. You know, and I think, I think they really found their way at the end of the first, what, seven or eight issues, when Maxwell Lord gets fully introduced and it shows that he's bankrolling the team, yep. they become UN-sanctioned, yeah. and Booster Gold joins. That's so when they hit Booster, their stride. Booster, you get Beetle. You get yeah. the blue and the gold for the first time. Right. You, do, you get the you blue, blue and the gold, gold. you've got Guy, but then you also have Mr. Miracle mm-hmm. and Marta. And yeah. Oberon. 
and Oberon. Yeah. And, and at this point it's, now, it's such a fun team. Yeah. Wasn't there also like Fire and Ice? Weren't they with them? They they come like in. come and go right. They come in around this bit? time, but not at the not the beginning. Right. Okay. Yeah. But they come in around this time. Yeah. But that's insane. Like that's what an awesome assembly what of crew. Great, We're like, who yeah. are these yeah. people? And then to take more. a character like Guy Gardner, and oh, what is man. it like six seven issues into the run, he gets yeah. punched. It's very oh, early. Oh yeah. And. It messes his head up so, so bad, bad that he's like a completely different character. Well, because he was trying to be like the leader of the team. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm the leader, and they're like, No, you're not. And then no, he's like, not. Oh yeah, he's well, like, Who's who's gonna, who's gonna take me out of my place? One, and they're like, Batman will. He's is, like, Oh yeah, like page one is him sitting in the chair right. in the command center, in so the great. old command center, right? And he's trying to boss everyone yeah. around. Yeah, and then Batman's like, I'll take you out, and he's like, Take off the ring. Oh, you know what? That's it, Bats. Tie your lip. Ring comes off on the table. <laughs> Pop. Done. One punch. Blue, and, and, One punch. And what is it? Blue Black... Beatles in shock and awe. And what is it? Black like, Canary comes in, and she's like, I missed it? Yeah. Like, like some of them are like, what? What happened? And the Blue Beetle, one punch. That's all I can say. Yeah. Like, he's stuck under one punch. His guys is out cold. And Batman's just standing there. Well, <laughs> like, I think there's only one thing to call to the audience. What was your favorite memory from this section of DC continuity. Were you a huge fan of Justice League International? Did you enjoy Legends? Let us know. Head on over to our website at mybigfatpullist.com. Millennium. So our final segment in this episode is going to be talking about the big crossover event that occurred the following year after Legends. This is the next big event in the timeline. Millennium. I never read it growing up. Same here. Same here. Um, yeah. I didn't know anything about it. I knew it had something to do with a lot of people, because I would flip through it. I had friends who had it. And I knew it had a, had something to do with a lot of people sitting on a mountaintop talking a lot. And it just never interested me. Ah, comics. Right. Mm-hmm. So I finally read it in preparation for this. Oh. First thing I will say about Millennium, the book itself, the eight-issue miniseries, is impossible to follow. <laughs> because That's saying a lot. Because there are, I want to say, five or six ongoing series that were coming out at that time that each had tie-ins to Millennium for the duration of the eight months. Okay. Important things occur in the tie in the tie-ins, so much so that you can't follow the main book. Oh, and I did not have the time nor the inclination to go out and read all the tie-ins, so I tried to fill in the gaps as I was going along. That's a huge mistake. Things like so, I guess what you're saying is you shouldn't have to read (laughs) other materials to understand your core (laughs) material. Yeah. Did they at least tell you that, like, in reading the book? Like, if you read Millennium Number 1, mm-hmm. and at the end of that it said, you know, to, for the continuing story, you must read this, 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 and this yeah, it says, to come back for it issue It says two. something like, um, you know, for, for more, check out these issues. But it doesn't word it in a okay, way see, that... Okay, see, for more, oh, see, that, yeah. that's, that's just telling me, oh, well, that's yeah. just to see and what's I, happening. And I, to, I want to clarify, I want to yeah. clarify, I cannot remember... Off the top of my head, if it officially says for more or to be continued in, I, I just know that however it is worded, it was worded in a way that I, as a longtime comic book reader, did not pick up on the fact that I had to read tie-ins. Okay. 
Fair enough. So probably said, it probably said something more along the line to find out more about the story. It, it could have. And you're yeah, like, I don't oh, forget it. Like, it I'm says. cool with yeah. the main story. And then you're like, oh, not continued in. But I mean, it's things like, so the story is that there is a guardian from Oa and a Zamoran who have decided that they are going to bring forth the next stage of evolution of humanity, of immortals, for the next millennium, because it's about a little over 10 years away at this point. Right, yeah. But to do so, they have picked 10 people, if you will, 10 avatars almost, or, or the chosen 10 from Earth, who will be this new generation of immortals. Thank God we're so important. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, yeah. And we the, are the heroes, <laughs> it is the hero's job and the core, who, by the way, at this point, the Green Lantern Corps are stationed on Earth out of the Green Lantern Corps Citadel. Now, I don't read the Green Lanterns at this time, so I don't know why aren't they on Oa anymore? Why are they now stationed on Earth? I don't understand, but hmm, that's where weird. they're at. They got a pool and everything, apparently. <laughs> Kicked um, out of their mother's home, living right. with their friends now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because they're all sitting out there playing playing in the pool. Like, bunch, hanging bunch out of bashers is kicking it, man. The mm-hmm. Guardian and the Zamoran up here. But anyway, so the heroes and the, and the core, it's their job to protect these ten chosen ones. So all the heroes kind of gather together for it. There is a group of people. People is kind of a loose term because they're not all human. But there is a group that is bent on killing these ten chosen and stopping this plan. Okay. Because they are old enemies of the Guardians. (gasps) So the Manhunters, over centuries, have evolved, and they have now started a Manhunter, almost sleeper cell, here on Earth, where they have convinced many humans to join their side, join their, their... Cause. Mission, cause, thank you. And also, at the same time, mind-controlled others who would not join. (laughs) Like you do. Because what occurred is, at the end of the history of the DCU, Harbinger shot the tome into space. Not knowing that the Manhunter's hidden world was in its trajectory. They got a hold of it. They now know the secrets of everyone. Hmm. Why would you shoot Uh, all the secrets... You can't off bear, into space. You can't bury it. They'll dig it up well, and find it. Yeah, but you don't shoot it off into space. Exactly. You, know, you don't just For close your eyes. To find. You, you just, just close your eyes and lob it. Like, yeah, yeah it's blind throw. You don't <laughs> get rid of it. It's it's oh. because of Millennium that the history of the DCU two issue is not just a here's a primer, guys, get ready for what we're doing. It's an actual story, right? In yeah. the timeline. Hmm. So <sighs> what they what they do is they come to Earth, they create these sleeper cells. And then they strategically place, because they have the history. They know everything, because Harbinger went into the future. She wrote everything down. They have the history. They place people in all of the heroes' lives to spy on them. Of course. Now, some of them are people that they have convinced to their side, like Wally West's dad, Mm -hmm. who has completely joined the Manhunter cause. He's a complete villain. Whereas Superman is concerned... His sleeper agent is Lana Lang. She is mind-controlled. Oh, okay. So some are mind-controlled. Jim Gordon is Batman's sleeper agent. He is mind-controlled. So there are some that are mind-controlled. There are some that aren't. They keep trying to go after the heroes saying, if you stop us, we're releasing everything. 
blackmail. Basically. That's what the book could be called. Yeah. Millennium <laughs> blackmail. I yeah. guess it's better than a strongly worded letter this time. <laughs> this, too, this is true. Dear this editor, true. I hate you. <laughs> but there are things in it that occur, like in issue, I think it's like two or three, something like that. They get all the teams together. Infinity Inc. shows up. The Outsiders show up. All the, Everybody gets together, and they're like, okay, here's the plan. Here's what we're doing. When the next issue of Millennium starts, when I read the next issue, the Outsiders were freaking out. And they were like, I can't. We didn't sign up for this for people dying. I didn't know Metamorpho was going to die. And I was like, whoa, wait, what? Wow. You missed a page. I missed something. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what occurs constantly. At one point, Batman discovers where one of the Manhunter underground bases is located. Okay. So he goes to infiltrate it. Meanwhile, Jim Corrigan, who is separated from Spectre, but they're working together. I don't know what, what that's all about, but because I don't read Spectre stuff. But, right. Um, but anyway, they're working together. They have also discovered it. They're going there. Captain Adam, who by this point has been assigned a spot on the Justice League, by the U.S. government to spy on them. Spies on spies. Yeah. He has to go to the Manhunter base because they have controlled Firestorm's mind. They've got Firestorm. He's got to go and free Firestorm. So all of these characters are converging on this hidden base. And that's how the issue ends. And I thought, oh, that's I'm, that'll be cool. Right. The next issue starts, and all the heroes are back at the Green Lantern Corps Citadel, and they're all like, yay, Batman found the base and took it out. What? Whoa, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, it sucks. But so, I wanted to see it. Right. Well, and you do, from what I understand. But just not it's in, in bad, the tie right. Yeah, It's in, like, Batman or whatever. So it's like, this <sighs> is, this, it's almost the exact opposite of the problem that you had in some of the tie-ins from Crisis, where they didn't, they were just, oh, there's a red sky, move on. Mm -hmm. do, do, do. This is so important that it's almost, Millennium almost ends up being like a 40 or 50 issue story. Good basically, night. Yeah, that's a lot because of, of it. And that's just, it's just that's not worth much. it. And there's nothing that really comes out of it. There's nothing, like Legends at least gives us major things. There is one thing that occurs in Millennium that becomes important. But it doesn't become important until Bendis joins DC during the stuff that's been going on now. Good. That's, that's you're, you're talking almost 30 years. Yes. That's, that's the long, long haul. There is, <laughs> there is a, once the Manhunters are, are disbanded, one of the previous incarnations of the Manhunters, a man named Marcus Shaw, picks up his old mantle of being the Manhunter. But he changes... The approach, he changes what this character is going forward to distance it from the robot manhunters or the army. Martian manhunter. Or the Martian manhunter, yeah. <laughs> so Marcus Shaw, who has been around and he's done things, he kind of comes out and becomes a manhunter again out of this. Marcus Shaw becomes a throwaway character for basically the next 30 some odd years almost. Until Bendis comes along and Bendis digs him out of the back issue bin. But we'll get to that when 3,000 yeah, episodes when we get from to now. That, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's the only real major thing that, that needs to be mentioned uh, that comes out of Millennium. And that's really kind of where what I consider to be the status quo exposition era of New Earth 
ends. We've set everything up. We've set up the status quo. We've given you a couple of crossovers. We've got all these new characters. We've got new teams. Everything's hunky-dory. Or is it? So that's it. That's it for this episode. Now, what that does is that kind of brings us up publishing-wise and and story-wise. I think that just about brings us up to where most of us really kind of came in mm, yeah. to DC, which would be in the next uh, the next episode of our of our Understanding DC series. Just so everyone knows, this next one will be called The Dark Years. Ooh. Things will change. It's all about Batman. Things will get... Dark? Dark. (laughs) Uh, You know, there are stories that are created to drive sales. And it's clear that they're just there to drive sales. And over the years have become classics. And then eventually, with smarter writers down the line, these stories end up getting worked into a history and made into really brilliant stories. Right. But we have to set them up first in the next episode. So we will see the fall of the League. We will see another Kryptonian monster appear. We will see the bat get broken. We will see Coast City annihilated. (gasps) And more. There will be many more. And another strongly worded letter. (laughs) We will also get another Hawkman. Hell yeah. Oh, good. All coming to you in our next episode of Understanding DC Continuity, The Dark Years. Tight. Well, that's our episode, folks. We hope that you're just as confused as the rest of us. Because, wow, that was a lot to get through. But I'm excited for our next episode because I love the dark, gritty 90s, baby. I mean, it's ridiculous. And that's where we're going. We're into the 90s now. That's where we're going. So until next time, I'm Mr. X. I'm Smurfy. Pistol Danger. And I'm Dr. Impact. Keep on believing in comic book magic. Or the dream reality that is all our fates. That's our show, folks. Tell your friends and family about our program. What he means is you and everyone you know should subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on every app possible. Want to help support the show? Visit our Patreon page. We have a variety of incentives at multiple tiers, sure to satisfy any and all hardcore geeks. You can also follow us on social media where we post weekly comic pics, breaking news stories, and glimpses into our everyday geek lives. Until next time, keep your turtle shells waxed. (laughs) Your power rings charged. And your proton packs prime. Ooh, what's this do? No, Smurfy, not the containment unit. Next to him. What's up, faces? Daddy's home. That's one. Oh, I missed that twitch above your eye, Mr. X. That's one. No more cuss words. Or the dream reality that is all our fates. If you do or it with that, the, yeah. If you do it with the Christian bill. Or the grim reality 
that is all of our fates. Well, I thought a nice mix. Where are the hobbits? <laughs> well, that one's good too. Yeah, that's good too. Yeah, we're all timely. And that's from the College Humor. We're trying to figure out his voice. Yeah. That's Chino. Take us home, Mr. X. No, no, we're done. <laughs> That's just going to fade off <laughs> in, in, into, into the end. Or it'll be the stinger. You know. Where are the drugs at? <laughs>